Well, as you've noticed, most Sundays we are a, a room with a lot of people in it. And a lot of people means a lot of stories, a lot of church stories. And when we have a, a very varied, probably, church story experience in here. We come from different denominations, different backgrounds. We've had good churches, maybe been in some bad churches, good experiences, bad experiences. We've had pastors that we love, pastors that we love even more. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you thought I was going to say pastors we love, pastors we don't. But that, that doesn't exist. There's no pastor we don't love. Golly. No, we, we got all kinds of church stories, though. And sometimes that story is just as simple as, as how long have you been going to church and why do you go to church? You know, I've been going to church all my life. I would imagine there's some in here like that. There's probably some in here very different from that. There, but I've gone my entire life. There's, there's never been a season of my life that I was not in church. Now, I've gone for a lot of different reasons to church. Uh, I've gone because, well, my mom and dad woke me up and took me to church. That, that was one reason I've gone to church. I've gone to church because it was fun. I, I, I've gone to church out of habit. You know, just you get up, it's same what you do. I've gone to church because it's the right thing to do. If I'm being really honest, I have at times gone to church to see my girlfriend. Yeah. Just to be clear, that was a long time ago, okay? Don't want there to be any confusion there. It was in the 80s. I didn't say she was in the 80s. It was the decade. It was in the... Okay, I think we're clear there. So I've gone for that reason. You know, I've gone looking for answers. Haven't we gone for that? I've gone to to pray. Uh, I've gone because I love God. Did I mention one of your reasons for being here today? There's those reasons. There's a lot of other reasons that bring us through the parking lot and into the building here. A lot of reasons that that bring us through this door. And believe it or not, that's not actually what I'm talking about today. I'm I'm not talking about all of the reasons. And we all have more than one. We, We have a variety of reasons on any one Sunday or any one church that we're going to. But we're not talking today about the variety of reasons or the good reasons and the bad reasons. What I really want to kind of aim at today is the reason that we should go to church. Now, let me define going to church because there's a lot of ways we can define going to church. We we can talk about going to church. We're here on Sunday morning and we're going to life group, something I actually believe is vital to you obeying no less than 50 commands in Scripture. If you're not vitally connected and linked with other believers in a small group. So that, that's going to church. Sometimes we go to church because we're going to meet here and we're going to go somewhere else. Like say Nicaragua or Haiti. Like, like we're going to do in November. Sometimes we're meeting here. And we, we, we come here all kinds of... Tuesday mornings, Thursday mornings, uh, women's Bible studies. Wednesday night, discipleship. There's a lot of times we're going up to the building that we call church. But I'm not talking about any of those this morning. I'm actually only talking about this moment right here. This hour right here. I hope most of you have been or will be here for two hours. But I'm not talking about both hours. I'm talking about this one. What is the reason for entering this room? And I believe Psalm 100 is what gives us some insight and some direction as to what is the reason we are in this room right now today. So let's look at Psalm 100. If you would turn there. By the way, I know that some of you are looking at your watch and you're wondering, did we miss something? 
Did, did they change the start of that? There's something. No, you haven't missed anything. We started on, on time. Got a little bit different order of service today. I think as the, the passage unfolds and the message unfolds, you'll understand why we have a little bit different order of service. Uh, you might be shocked to hear, don't tell any of my preacher friends this, I don't actually believe that the sermon is necessarily the high point of why we gather. I, I, I don't necessarily believe that, that everything we do in the front part of the worship service is to prepare our hearts for when I get up. Now, I'm not going to talk about, now here's what the most important part, that's not the issue. I believe everything we do in this hour is important. Everything has its place. But we don't necessarily have a, a biblically instructed, this is the order we're supposed to go in once we walk through that room. So we are doing a little bit different order today. I think you will understand why. Look with me at Psalm 100. It's a short psalm, only five verses. Guys, can you believe we've been at this over three months? Today's our, our last Sunday in the Psalms. I think it's been a wonderful journey. Uh, and today we come to Psalm 100, beginning in verse 1. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Man, I wonder what that sounds like. When, it, when you hear the word noise, what comes to your mind? Do, do you think of a pin drop? No, we don't think of a pin drop. Do you, do you think of two people off in a corner having a quiet conversation? Of course not. Do you even think of just kind of normal tones? I mean, you hear the word noise, what, what do you think of? Or when you add the word joyful to it, would that not say there's, there's a sense of excitement, there's a sense of passion to the noise being made? What does that passionate noise sound like when all the earth is making that noise? I bet that is something. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Listen to these three words. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. You know, folks, without worship, without the expectation of entering this room and coming into the very presence of God for the purpose of adoring that presence, worshiping that presence, without that, I don't really know what the purpose of our gathering is. What would it be? Religious education? Gathering of do-gooders? A, a, a social club? Cheap entertainment? <laughs> you, you know, to be honest with you folks, I wouldn't get out of bed for any of those things. Not even the religious training part. <laughs> that, that's not what would get me up and move me in this direction on a Sunday morning. But what should get me up out of bed this Sunday and every Sunday, what should get you and I up and move us this way is an invitation. No, an invitation is an inappropriate word. A call, a summons, a command on your life and on my life to bless His name. You know, God is not enlarged by our worship we don't give something to God that he doesn't have. We don't make him bigger in this hour. But apparently, you and I can bless God. And that opportunity should move us. 
That opportunity should bring us in here each and every Sunday, should bring us through those doors to bless His name. That's the one reason. Think how often we evaluate church, think about church, think about the sermon, think about the music, think about the people in the room by one thing. Did they bless me? Do you know you won't find that psalm and you won't find that passage in the Bible? We enter this room to bless Him. Now it starts off by saying that the way we do that is that we make a joyful noise to the Lord. We make a joyful noise. That would seem to make not an option standing and staring. That would seem to mean that sitting and staring is not an option for this hour. Now I do believe there are people, there are seasons, there are periods, there are Sundays where maybe there is a reason to stand and stare. There are times in my life, some of you have been there, maybe some of you are there even as I speak at this very moment, you're just completely empty and broken. I mean, it's just what life has done at this moment. It's just where you are. It is, it is all you can do to actually arrive here and walk through the doors and just try to absorb something. That's real. I would say in that moment, standing and staring is probably going to be what is the best you can do. I think there's another reason to stand and stare. I think people will come in and, and they're really kind of new to all this. They're kind of searching out the Jesus thing. Searching out the church thing. What is this about? Is that something for me? Is there something in there that I need? And, and they come in here and they don't know our lingo or why we stand when we stand or sit when we sit or why we do this or go there. And, and they're, you know, for a few Sundays, they're going to have to just kind of come in and, and they're just going to have to process it all, understand it all until they can kind of get in the parade, right? And, and so, yeah, for that moment right there, there's going to be hands full of Sundays where standing and staring, standing and just trying to figure it out and take it all in. That's what we're going to do. But folks, do you realize how few people that is? And how in most cases, how few Sundays that should add up to? To, to stand and say, I'm going to use some harsh words and please don't take this wrong. To stand and stare is to stand in defiance of God. I didn't come here to be in defiance. To stand and stare is to be in defiance and rebellion to God. You say, where, where are you getting that from? These commands that say, enter the room to make a joyful noise. Come into his presence with singing. Enter with thanksgiving and with praise. An option for just coming in here and just standing isn't there. Now, I know why we do that, and it's, a lot of times it's not because we're empty and broken, and it's not because we're searching things out. We stand and say, I'm, I'm not a music person. I'm not real good at singing. I don't, I don't even like to sing that much. I don't like others to hear me sing. You know what, to be honest with you, I could take or leave the music. That's not really what brought me here today. You know what the operative word in every one of those statements was? I. And there's nothing in this hour that is about I. The only thing this hour about is God. And so it's what I'm comfortable with, what, what I feel good doing, is just not what it's about. There is a summons, there is a command on your life to sing. There is a command on your life to make a joyful noise. If you hate singing, here's the good news. You don't have to do it 168 hours a week. You have to do it one. 
You have to do it in this moment right here. And notice, this command is not just to Jews. It's not just to the church. It's to all the earth. I actually believe Psalm 100 is kind of focusing. It, 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 it's, it's making us look down the road a little bit. It's a little bit of a forecast to the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. You see, there's a day right after the second coming when Jesus will be enthroned and, and all of the nations will go through the gates and they will go to coronate. They will go to worship their king. What a moment that will be. Folks, verse 4, entering his gates and coming into his courts. That's not poetry. That's a very physical scene. That's a very physical reality that is being described there. And this all would seem to make today practice. This would mean to make today preseason. We're getting ready for the millennial reign of Christ. We're getting ready for when we gather with the nations and we go through there to worship him. Now imagine that scene and what do you see? You see two things. You see Jesus on the throne and you see worshipers. But what was described about those worshipers? They come from all the nations. They they come from everywhere. Great worship does that. Which would seem to me to say that, that churches are missing something if they only have one color of skin. Churches are missing something if there's only one nationality. Now, you know what, folks? Churches can't usually rise up and be something that their community's not. I I mean, a church is going to be made up of of its community, and sometimes they have no ability to expand that. I mean, if you're a church out on the plains of Africa, I'm guessing in most cases that's going to be a pretty black church, wouldn't you? Or if you're like where my family is from, not, my, not me, not my parents, but my grandparents, my great-grandparents, they, they homesteaded in Dighton, Kansas in the 1800s. Little tiny farming community. And you go there today, and there, it's like a population of 300. And it is a population of 300 really white people. So guess what a church is going to look like in Dighton, Kansas? Really white farmers. They're not going to be able to do anything different about that. But folks, even in that case where they can't change it, they're missing something. And certainly where it can be changed, that should be one of the the drivers of that church. Because folks, when you and I reach the zenith for which we were created, the high point for our purpose in this world, we will be worshiping God, but we won't be worshiping Him alone. We'll be worshiping Him with the nations. We'll be worshiping Him with the skin's colors. You see what's happening in this, folks? You see what separates us is our nationalities. What separates us is our skin colors. But when we can come together across those lines, we're saying the worship of God is higher than our differences. The worship of God is more worthy than any prejudices that I carry. The worship of God brings all the people God has created together to enjoy and to worship Him. And that should be not only our worship, that should be our work. Amen. Amen. So we make a joyful noise to the Lord. It says that we serve Him with gladness. Now, we do a lot of serving, don't we, in life? We do what our mom and dad tells us to. We do what our boss tells us to. A lot of serving. Is all of it with gladness? No. I mean, let's be honest, not even all of our serving at church is with gladness. We are to serve with gladness. We've got the word noise. We've got the word gladness. We've got the word joy. What do those things look like? Isn't it amazing? So many people have a picture of church that when you sing, you have a very dour face. Really? Is that what joyful and gladness looks like? 
We serve them. Now, there's a lot of ways to serve, right? I mean, the Bible shows us a lot of ways to serve. We come to church, and it will tell us a lot of ways to serve. But in this hour and in this moment right here, we're not talking about a lot of ways to serve. We're only talking about one way we serve in this hour, and it is through singing. That The invitation here, come before His presence, literally means come in front of His face. Come to the, to the face of God. Now, that would be a holy, awesome moment, wouldn't it? Man, to, to come before. How do you do that? With singing. Do you see the command over and over and over? Come before the Lord with singing. That is how we enter into His presence. We come to serve Him in this moment with gladness. We, we come before Him with singing. The passion in this moment right here is to bring the song that is in my heart and to join it with the songs in other hearts so that as our songs and as our words rise up through this room, it becomes thunderous applause in the heavens for how great and how awesome and how holy we think our God is. It is totally about doing it together. Let me tell you something, folks. You should learn to worship alone. You should learn and you should feel comfortable worshiping God all by yourself. And I can take you to places like Romans 12, Colossians 3, 1 Corinthians 10, and talk about how our lives are an act of worship. How we worship when we work. We worship when we play. We worship when we rest. But folks, all of the ways that we worship God is not what this hour is about. How we worship God alone is not what this hour is about. This hour is about how we do it as a community in unity showing the worth that He has in our lives. We do that together. And we do that, I love this, because we know Him to be God. It literally says there, Jehovah, He is God. Now, Jehovah is His name. Jehovah comes out of the, the very personal, intimate name of God that was shared at the burning bush, which was Yahweh. Out of the name Yahweh, we also have the name Jehovah. Jehovah comes out of that. Kind of like Randy comes out of... Randall. That's good. Somebody in the last service said Randolph. I'm not a Randolph. Gracious. Who would name their kid Randolph? <laughs> Sorry about that if you're... There's Randolph Scott. He's a great cowboy, wasn't he? Now, yeah, Randy comes out of Randall. Beth comes out of Elizabeth. Yeah, see, we have names that come out of it. Jehovah comes out of Yahweh that way. But you know what? That's not what this is about. The point of this is that God has a name. Do you know why God has a name? Because God is not an impersonal force. Because God is not some kind of balance in the universe. God is not nature. God is not an inanimate object. God is a person. And He has a name. His name is Jehovah. His name is Jesus. And it is Jehovah Jesus that created this earth. It is Jehovah Jesus that created this body. It is Jehovah Jesus that created this church. It is Jehovah Jesus that created this day. And everything He created is for His glory and his purposes that means that means this church doesn't exist for me that means this day does not exist for me and my purposes and my agenda it exists for him this body doesn't even exist for me you say that's crazy of course my body exists for me not according to first corinthians six twenty. it says you're not your own you were bought with a price. Therefore, therefore, glorify God in your body. 
And the part of the body that we are to glorify Him with right now, because we can glorify God with every part of our body, but in this hour, it's with this. We glorify Him with our mouth. We glorify Him with those praises and those thanksgivings. It says, enter His courts. Or enter his gates, come into his courts. Again, that's not poetry. That's actually describing how we start approaching God. Now, we're a little bit different, obviously, than Jerusalem. We're a little bit different than the walls. Let's kind of imagine that entering the gates is the outside doors. And and, and entering the courts is, is these doors right here. As we start entering those, it's already supposed to be there. You know what, folks? I'll bet a lot of us come into this room and at some point in the morning, we will say, thank you, God, for something. Or we will say, I praise you, God, for something. But did you notice this passage does not say, come in here, sit down, and wait till the service works you up to the place that you can give thanks for something or praise for something. It says you enter that way. Somewhere along about Friday morning or Saturday afternoon at the very, very latest early Sunday morning, I need to start getting an idea of things I'm thankful for. I need to start thinking about the holiness and the perfection of God's character and God's goodness so that when I arrive here, it's already on my heart. I am ready to join thankful people. I am ready to join people who want to praise. Folks, I have to be honest with you. I have more than once walked in that door, walked in that door, and I wasn't thinking about what I was thankful for. I'm not saying I wasn't thankful. I'm not saying I didn't get there. I'm saying I walked through these doors, and I wasn't thinking about what I was thankful for. I walked through these doors and front and center in my heart and mind was not the perfections and the goodness of God. This passage didn't say get here and see if the church can work you up to it. It said arrive that way because he's worthy of that. You know what's interesting to me about this passage? I honestly think Psalm 100 is more for you and me than it is the Jew who wrote it or the Jews who first sang it. We see in this passage a very real invitation to come before his face. But you know what? It wasn't safe to come before his face. It's not safe to be in the presence of God because of our sin. And so for them in the Old Testament time, there was barriers placed to keep them safe. And so the nations, they were outside the gates, but, but the Jews, God's chosen people, man, they could come through the gates and they could come into the presence of God, but they had to stop at the courts. They could come up to that altar. They could make their sacrifice. They could be atoned and made right with God. Their sin covered. But they still had to stop there at the altar. So you got the nations out here. you got one nation in here. But inside that nation, there's 12 tribes. Only one tribe, only one of the 12 tribes could go past another barrier. And that was actually inside the temple itself. And that was called the holy places. And inside the Levites was a group of people called the priesthood. And the priesthood could go into the holy places. But folks, honestly, when I think about the face of God, I don't think about the gates. I don't think about the courts. And I don't even think about the holy place. I think about the holy of holies. That place that was so centrally representative of the presence of God. And only one person could go into there. The high priest. And he could only go one day a year. Forget the name Jew for a moment. Imagine the entire planet. Only one person 
can go into the Holy of Holies on the entire planet and he only one day a year. And folks, everything I just described is absolutely not true for us anymore. Because of the work, what do we give God thanks for? Because of the work of Jesus Christ. A blood that is so powerful, a work that is so powerful, it washes all my sin, past, present, and future. There's no blemish, there's no sin that that blood can't work on, that that blood can't remove. But it doesn't just bring me back to neutral. That blood is so powerful, it declares me holy. It now declares me in right standing with God. And so now I can go into the Holy of Holies and I don't need a special invitation. I don't need a special day. I don't need a special reason. I just place my hand into the hand of Jesus Christ and he walks me into the throne room to enjoy God's presence any and every time that I want. Man, what do we give thanks for? What do we praise for? I thank him for the power of that work. What about his character, his love, his justice, his grace that would will his son to go to that cross so that I could do what? Come before the face of God safely and to enjoy it. Folks, our God is worthy. He is worthy of our worship. He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. A love that has no limit for you. He is worthy of us worshiping. With all that we are. With all that we have. With all of his people. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your courts today. We enter into these gates with thanksgiving in our heart. With praise in our mind. Oh God, because you are worthy. Lord, maybe we've had a good week. Maybe we've had an awful week. But we can always enter here knowing Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. God loved me so so much he took care of my problem oh jesus may we enter this moment now and may we sing may we worship not because of what we get out of it but because of what you get out of it i don't understand it but it says you're blessed when i do this oh god we've come into this place today and we confess to you that there are many reasons that do bring us here and some of those reasons are good and they're right and some of those reasons aren't but Lord, we lay down all of those reasons in this moment. And God, we just want to focus our heart and mind on being here in this moment now for one thing. And that is to bless you. And that is to worship you. God, would you come in here and as you say in Psalm 22, inhabit our praises. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.